Bishops, thank you for the opportunity to be able to sit at the table and let you, Holy Spirit, teach us. Right now, Father God, we pray that our ears be open, that our eyes be open, that our hearts be receptive what you have to say to us today. That we're not hearing from a man. We're hearing from God Almighty. And God, I ask you to use my lips, use the words that come out of my mouth to minister life, healing, encouragement to the people. And I thank you that as we leave today, we'll be able to say truly it was glad to go to the house of the Lord today. And I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen, amen, amen. You can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to uh, Matthew 6. But while you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, give you guys a little bit of, of really what the world is looking like from an anxiety and, and worry uh, place. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, I mean, enough said. <laughs> I mean, we've done created a whole association to help people deal with this. Now, this is, listen, what I'm about to read you is simply people that have been documented with this. There's millions that never get documented, okay? Because anxiety and worry is not something you tangibly see. And it's something that people don't tangibly talk about all the time. It's just a spirit that rests on people and it drives people to do some crazy stuff. So when I just read that, I said, Belinda, gosh, they have got an association for anxiety and worry. I'm thinking, yeah, we got to talk about this. It's a big deal, amen? Anxiety disorders represent the most common, check this out, mental illness in the United States and affect 40 million adults in the country every year. It is the leading mental illness disease. The leading anxiety. I mean, man, guys, it's all around us. And it ain't getting no better. Y'all know that. I mean, because we got help. You know, 24 hours a day on CNN and Fox and all them. I mean, you know, we're getting help to stay in that. Globally, an estimated 284 million people experienced an anxiety disorder in 2017, making it the most prevalent mental health or neurodevelopmental disorder. Around 63%, 179 million were females, relative to 105 million males. In all countries, women are more likely to experience anxiety disorders than men. Why? Because men are crazy. <laughs> men will make you anxious. Men will make you, you know what I'm saying, worry. Hallelujah, okay? That'd be true, though. We're good guys, too. You know? but, but the reality is, <laughs> these are documented research studies of people that have been, you know, that have come forth to say that, you know, they, they face some of these things. How many other people, even in this room, that may be currently facing anxiety, and you may not even know it. Because a lot of times we're full of pride, and we think, oh, we got it, we're good. Friend, let me tell you something. <clears throat> That's the worst thing you could ever do, is to think that you're okay all the time, and that you've got everything covered, you don't need no help, you don't need God, you don't need His Word, I'm good, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to provide, I'm going to do it, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, <laughs> you was not created by God to live without God. Okay, you was not. You was created by God to live for God and His Word be your food and nourishment every day. Okay, anything outside of that is called uh, eating not good. Okay, <laughs> it is, uh, what is it, eating bad? What, it's disorderly eat, or disor eating disorder. It's an eating disorder, okay? We want to eat the Word of God. We want to be in His presence and we want Him to sustain us. Why? Because when life crumbles... And it will. It will, okay? It's going to happen, all right? There's nobody in this room is it exempt. And if I got a microphone, we could be here till 6 o'clock tonight with people that can share stories of what they've been through, okay? Life is going to deal you some bad hands. But the deal is, is when you're with God, we should not walk through that bad hand like the world does. we got a Savior, man. We've got the Word. We've got His Spirit. We've got hope. You know what I'm saying? We can actually go through it and come out on the other side. Not that it ain't going to sting. Not that it ain't going to hurt. Yes, it may. But man, we've got, we've got hope. Anxiety disorders are highly treatable, but yet only 36% of those suffering receive treatment. You know, guys, they got like four major drugs that they give people with chronic anxiety. I was going to bring them and share them with you. But I'm not a doctor. And I could not say those words, okay? 
All I know is they were big, long, and, and they, they, they were medicine, okay? And don't get me wrong, I'm not against a lot of these, these things that help people, okay? But I know, man, medication, while it may be helping one area of your life, it could absolutely be destroying another part of your life. I mean, they'll tell you that. That's why when you go to the doctor and they prescribe medicine, they want you to come back in a few weeks sometimes just to see, do some blood work, make sure that medicine ain't tearing your body apart, okay? But we thank God for medicine. But anxiety and worry is not going to be treated by medicine alone. It's not. I'm going to tell you. I mean, you can get somebody so doped up on medication that they actually move and live and maybe not deal with, with what they were taking the medicine for, but all reality is, is they'll have some other issues. I can speak of that because my mom has been through a lot of these mental disorders. And she's, she's been on some medication. I'm going to tell you, it's so high potent, it's unbelievable. And it puts her in a como, a, a como, a como? Como, como, como. Coma. Coma state, coma tasting. I need you guys. See, that's why we all come to church. I mean, heck up, man. You know what I'm saying? Y'all think the preacher knows how to say everything, Jackie. We don't, man. Come on. We need help. Hallelujah. But y'all know what a a coma is, right? We'll just stop there, okay? (laughs) That's where my mama has spent a a good portion of her life, and she's only 74, okay? So I'm just telling you guys, if we don't understand that it's a spiritual battle, every disease, every sickness, every mental disorder starts spiritually before it's ever naturally, okay? There's a spiritual enemy out to get us down and out, amen, and his name's the devil. So we want to we wanna learn how we can give him a slap upside the head, amen. All right. Does God have a prescription for us so we can be worry-free? This book right here is nothing but full of pre- prescriptions to help us every day. Why did he leave us this book? Have you ever bought a car without a manual? Why did they give you the manual? Because they made the car. And they know what the car is all about, right? Well, see, this right here is a manual for me and you. Then when things are going good, it tells us what to do. When things are going bad, it tells us what to do. This is the book that we can find help and help. This is the human remedy book for everything that the devil may throw at you. But unfortunately, this book is not as exciting as other things in life. This book can be a little boring sometimes, Right? Well, I read the Bible, man. I read the Bible. I read the Bible. I read the Bible. And that's good. That's good. But we're not called to just read the Bible. The Bible says that hearers only do not receive from the Lord. It is doers of what you hear that causes you to receive from the Lord, just like it does anybody else. I mean, I could go to work all day long, and I can learn about trim, and I can hear a lot of good things about trim. But until I start doing trim, I'm not going to reap no benefit. He ain't giving me a check based on what I know. He's giving me a check based on what I do. Oh, brother, you're good in the head. I like all that, man. Sounds good. Sounds good. But can you, can you build that staircase? Can you trim that room? Well, if I can't, well, I'm never going to reap anything, okay? Same thing. You can know a lot of the Bible. But unless you do the Bible, you ain't going to get no reward out of it. You ain't going to get no benefit out of it, okay? And that's the thing about Christians. <laughs> we tend to... You know, get up in here and say, amen, yes, when we say, man, you got to have faith in God. Just trust God. Yeah, brother. Whoa, yeah, you're right. You're right, brother. we got to trust God. Oh, yeah. That's a good time to say, amen, amen. we got to trust God. we got to trust Him, okay? I mean, everybody would shout amen to that. Trust God, trust God. But then when we get the opportunity, Lori, to trust God, we're like, oh, oh, what do I do? You do what we said. You trust God. You're getting an opportunity to trust God. I mean, if your life was all good, okay, you would never be tested on anything to make you stronger. Amen? That means if my body stayed fit all the time, six-pack, big guns, looking good, sharp legs, sharp body, I'm I'm talking about tight, and it stayed that way all the time no matter what I did, okay? I would get lazy, wouldn't I? But the fact that we eat what we want to eat, we do what we want to do, and then our bodies get a little round, they get a little, tall, get a little, little things added to them, you know what I'm saying? Come on, man, you know? We got to do some work. All right? We get to battle through some things. 
And how many of y'all know that when y'all battled through and lost a few pounds, how satisfied you feel? Come on. You feel good. It's a lot easier putting it on than taking it off. Amen. Well, the same thing with God. When worry and anxiety comes knocking at your door, and guess what? It will. Okay? you got to be ready to stand against it. And so many people, they play church, they play religion, they play like they got a relationship with Jesus, but when your world goes to hell in a handbasket, you start reaching for everything other than God. We forget God. Amen? And I'm going to be honest with you, I say this out of my own story, guys, because a couple years ago when we was faced with a diagnosis with her, I did have some sleepless nights. I did. It came on me, and I began to yield to it. I know what it's like to sit there in bed going, man, how am I going to pay for this? How are we going to do that? I know that feeling, and it sucks. Ain't nothing good about that feeling. But I know the other side of that too. When God says, Nathan, look to me, and him lift me up out of that, put my feet on a solid rock, and get me to saying and doing the right things, and watch him do what I couldn't do for myself. Amen? God will help you out. And I believe as we go through this, you're going to see that. Hallelujah. Today, I want to give everyone a prescription to be able to never worry again. <laughs> this ain't no quick fix. Okay, so if you think it's some quick fix, I'm going to throw some little drug at you. It's going to be out. No, 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 no. You have to work your tail off. You're going to have to seek the Lord while he may be found. You're going to have to get in there. You're going to have to be purposeful. You're going to have to put on the whole armor of God. You're going to have to stand. Amen. And you're going to have to stand and stand and stand and dig and dig and search and look. It ain't going to just happen. But I can give you a prescription that I guarantee will cause you to overcome in life. So let's see what Jesus had to say about being anxious and worry. In Matthew 6, we're going to start at verse 25. And what I think is really cool about this particular passage, this passage that I'm about to read is right in the middle of Jesus' longest sermon in the Bible. He preached Matthew 5, 6, and 7. If you want to know how to live in the kingdom of God, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 would be consider, considered the, uh, the constitution of the kingdom of God, and Jesus lays it out. So many people want to question, well, can I do this or can I do that? Can I do this? Can I go here? Can I say this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Hey, go to Matthew 5, 6, and 7. You'll learn from Jesus what you can and can't do. And then if he didn't talk about it there, then go to Genesis 1 all the way to uh, uh, Malachi 4. And then go to Matthew 1 all the way to Revelation 22. Okay? He didn't cover it there. It's covered somewhere else. He didn't have to. He brings a lot of provisions and stuff. But anyway, we're right in the middle of this Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus pops out and he's going to talk to him about worrying. Verse 25, it says, Therefore, I tell you, do not what? Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? Didn't he just say that life was more important than food, right? Life is more important than food. And the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? That's a question. Now, I know some people would disagree that saving the birds is way more important than saving humans. But we're talking about Jesus. We're not talking about them scientists. That their story will change next week. That's another thing. Don't listen to men and women about your life. They don't know how to take care of you. And whatever advice they give you could change in about 24 hours. This book, despite what we see in the world... That how it says, you know, the, the Bible's kind of old, outdated. Uh, it's not, you know, because, you know, everything's advanced now. We, we, we're more advanced today than we were then, okay? See, that's a man trying to exalt himself above God. You know the reason why God hadn't had to do any updates or changes? He ain't got to. He got it right the first time. You know why men have to change all the time? Enough said, okay, just enough said. That's why, that's why we're going to listen to God. We ain't going to listen to all these guys, okay? I mean, that's what gets me about these people and tell me what kind of generation I am. Oh, you're a baby boomer. Oh, you generation X. Oh, you Gen Z. Oh, you're a millennial. You're an idiot. That's what you are. 
And anybody that buys into this, this these people will tell us who we are. Right. Oh, yeah, you're a millennial. Oh, yeah, 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 you're a baby boomer. You're a generation X. All that. Let, me, let me tell you who I am. I'm a child of God. Right. I've been bought with a price. I am my God's. Amen. I'm his child. Don't tell me who I am. Amen. So guys, don't buy into what the world wants to tell you. They want to tell you who you are. They don't know who you are. God knows who you are, and he told you who you are right here. Amen? Because the problem is, is people get stressed out. If they're a millennial, they get stressed out. Am I really doing everything the millennials do? Am I just like that? Oh, yeah, that's me. That's what I do. Yeah, they said that. That's exactly what I do. No, no, no. You love your neighbor as yourself. That don't change in any generation. Don't let people label you. We live in a world that wants to label everything. Give everybody a name. You know what I'm saying? Forget that. You are a child of God, and if you ain't, you're a child of the devil. It's real simple. We, we, why are we going cut, to cut, cut, make words about it? You know what I'm saying? You're either going to hell or heaven. It's simple, okay? But anyway, he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap. So what are we going to do if we don't have food? We're going to go bird watching. Yes, we are. We're going to get the binoculars. We can go to YouTube now. And we're going to watch the birds eat. They're eating. Hallelujah. That means guess what? We're going to eat. Because we're more important than them. But if he feeds them, he's going to feed us. How many of y'all have walked out of your house and seen birds laying dead all over the ground? Have you ever walked out of your house and all of a sudden there's just birds that fell out of the sky because they're starved to death? I've never. Now I've seen some stupid birds fly into my window and die. Well, they're going to try to get in or something. You know, I've seen that, Okay. But I'm telling you guys, the birds are eating all over the globe. There is no lack of food for a bird. There's going to be no lack of food for Nathan and his family, despite what anybody says, okay? I will always have enough food, and so will you. He goes on to say, Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Help me, guys. Has anybody ever added any value to your life after you've worried intensely for something? Did it change anything? Don't change nothing. It don't change nothing. You know what? This Jesus is preaching this 2,000 years ago. Okay? So these people are having a problem with this. And why do you worry about your clothes? My God, in America, we don't worry about our clothes. We worry about which one we're going to wear. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to wear? What am I going to wear? They get stressed out and anxious about what am I going to wear? What am I going to wear? Why? Because we've got 500,000 outfits, 1,500 pairs of shoes. I mean, it's, it's, it really, you need Congress to come in and help you sort all that stuff out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's crazy, you know? So anyway, we don't want to worry about our clothes. See how the flowers of the field grow. Have you ever seen the flowers grow in the field? Beautiful, beautiful. They do not labor or spin. You see them out there sometimes going, gosh, man, when am I going to grow? Man, what am I going to look like? Oh, God, you never see conversations like that, okay? He says, Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If you want to know about Solomon, just back up and read about Solomon. He was a very rich king. Okay, He looked really good to the point that there was a woman uh, from another country came in. I can't remember her name. Sheba, Queen Sheba. She walked in and she was absolutely amazed at the beauty of Solomon and his temple and all that. And she just unloaded goods on that. Now one thing about Solomon, he was so good... He had about seven, eight hundred wives. That we don't want to do, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. But yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you of little faith? You of little faith. If we'll trust God, he will clothe you. So if you have a problem with being clothed, which I don't think none of y'all do, okay? If you do, just walk outside. Get you a chair. Wash the grass. Wash the fields. They die and come back every year. He clothes them. He makes them look nice. Guess what? If God did that for them, He's going to do that for you. I'm telling you, God does not let us do without, guys. We do without because we don't trust Him. Jesus said it. Oh, little faith. Let's go on. So, do not worry, Jesus said, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. 
But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry, again, about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Guys, when I say don't worry about your food, don't worry about what you're going to wear, don't worry about what you're going to drink, that's also talking about how we work eight days a week to try to obtain things in this world. We work so hard to get things to dress us, to house us, to drive us. We work so hard to obtain these natural things. And Jesus is saying, don't go after that. Seek me. Because he knows there's coming a day as you're seeking all that, that worry and anxiety is attached to it. And if you ain't seeking him and you're seeking that, you are not going to have a foundation to stand when the enemy comes with anxiety and worry. And it's coming. He's saying, get ready, be ready, seek the kingdom of God. And all these righteous, and, and these things happen. Jesus speaks to a problem that they were faced with then and that we are faced with today, obviously with the stats. I could have bored you with the health conditions. Every area of your body will be touched. Your heart, your digestive system, muscles, your brain, everything in your body will be touched if you get into anxiety. They also have four names for the levels of anxiety. Who are they? My God, man, what do they do? You sit around and try to figure out? No, anxiety is anxiety, okay? We got chronic. Oh, mild chronic. Oh, mild. It's all from hell, so why do I even want to sit here and try to figure it? Well, you know, I got mild. I'm okay. I'm good. No, no I got chronic. It's not good. I need to get rid of it. What? I mean, it's stupid, man. I'm telling you guys, look, anxiety is anxiety. Worry is worry. We want to stamp it out. We don't want nothing to do with it. Because it destroys. It is, is it possible to live in this world without worry and anxiety? Yeah, man, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Now I know why I'm talking about this. Because some of y'all doubt. I don't know. I don't know. I've never experienced a day like that. I mean, we got kids. We can move right along. Okay. Kids can bring about some college. What college should I go to? Is this the right college? Oh, I'm at the right college. I'll go to this college. I don't know. Well, I think I'm doing the right thing. Oh, man, I'm here now. This don't feel like the right thing. Anxiety, 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 worrying, bills, job, marriage. I want to get married. I love this person. Is it the right one? I don't know. It seems like it. Oh, he's got this. Worry about who you're going to marry. Car's being fixed. Oh, my God, my car ain't working right now. I've got to take it to the garage. You know, them people at the garage, they always take advantage of it. They always tell you ten things are wrong instead of one. So, you know, you're going to end up paying more money. You know, be thinking about that. Insurance. I need insurance. Oh, my gosh. They're $500 a month. They're $1,000. I want to get health insurance. Oh, I can't afford health insurance. I mean, you just go through all these kind of scenarios, guys. Your health. Go to the doctor. Well, you got a little bit of a black spot right there. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. I got cancer. It's going to take up my body. I'm going to be dead by tomorrow, man. I mean, you worry about these things, okay? I'm telling you, man, it's crazy what we worry about. But when we get the report, if you would stand, look at it from God's perspective and speak like God speaks, it will change. Y'all do know that nothing was here before God spoke, right? So when He spoke, something happened. He's encouraging us, be like me, son and daughter. Mimic me, be like me. When something happens that you don't like, speak my word. It will move it. Amen? And what you desire will come. Hallelujah. But we've got to not let worry and anxiety drive us to talk like the world. It's true. We are not of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of it. Amen? We're of another world. We said yes to Jesus. We left this anxiety and worry, and we came to righteousness, joy, in the Holy Spirit. We've got hope. You're on a job you don't like. Speak to it. But while you're there, like I was telling Jake, man, you just walk down and just talk about Jesus, love Jesus, walk through it, amen, because there's people there. If you're ever in situations, man, that you, you don't like, the Word will change it. Give Him time. You know, 36% of those people that would not, that did got diagnosed, the other 70 or 60-something percent are probably the ones that end up taking their own lives. Because anxiety and worry leads to depression, which then leads to suicide. And it takes lives. It's a big deal. Hallelujah. You know, worry is like a rocking chair, Dwayne. You ever sit in a rocking chair? And you'd be rocking like crazy. But you ain't going nowhere. I mean, you'd be... 
man, this thing's good. It ain't going nowhere. You just rocking. Woo! Wow, it's good. But you ain't going nowhere. That's what worry does. You worry, 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 worry. And you're further away from the answer than when you started. Amen? Worry gets you nowhere. How many of you guys would buy a vehicle that you know gets you nowhere? I'm going to pay top dollar for that vehicle. I'm going to name it Worry. And it ain't going to get me nowhere, but I'm just going to park it in the garage. We wouldn't do that naturally. Why do we accept these things? You know, we laugh at these things, but I'll tell you, it's a real thing. There's people that worry. I remember sitting there looking at the website, you know, Google. You know, y'all heard of that before? Looking at it, and I'm sitting here going, this, my banking account, this, my banking account. And Jerry knows what I'm talking about, man. You look at some of the costs that are connected to some of that stuff, and you're like, Okay, Golden Gate Bridge, it says a lot of people die there. That might be a good place to go do this. You know, yeah, okay, well, no, I, I can do this. I'm God, I'm with God. I mean, you have these battles going on inside of you. I know what it's like, okay? But I know what it's like to trust God and watch Him do for you what you can't do for yourself. Amen? I'm a living testimony to that. And I'm not saying that my situation is any different than yours because it's not. We all walk through different things. All I can say is God's faithful. He will see you through. Amen? There's a young man sitting back there. Was diagnosed with melanoma. M. With the, the M word. Okay? He don't have it no more. Why? God's faithful. God's faithful. And guess what? It ain't coming back. But if it did try to come and stick his ugly head in there and go, Hey, Brandon. Hey. How you doing, buddy? I, I think I'm going to come back. When it, does Brandon go like this? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, my God. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh-uh-uh. That's why he's building himself now. He's having a strong foundation now. If the enemy wants to try to come back, we'll have a quick talk session. Like, get out of here in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? That's what God's trying to raise up as a body that will absolutely look at the enemy and all the problems in life and give the world some hope. Let them know you can come out of this. You can make it. You can have a great marriage. You can be happy at your job. Amen? Because we, 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 we live it. Hallelujah. Paul reminds us what Jesus said in Philippians 4. It says, in verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord. How many times? Always. I will again, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about how many things? Anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the what? Peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what are we to do? God is supposed to be our first response, not our last resort. Oh, gosh, man, we need to pray. Jake, man, will you pray for me, man? I tell you, I just, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do, man. I've been spent money, went to the doctor, did all this stuff. Will you pray for me? What? We should have hit that, man, when you started coughing. I mean, that should have been the first thing you look in the mirror. Like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but I know this. I am the righteous of God. I'm the healed of Jesus. Hallelujah. I say, body, you're healed in Jesus' name. And I lay hold of my faith, the healing power of God working in my body. I'm healed in Jesus' name. And then you go about your stuff. Go to the doctor. Do what you got to do. He's our first choice, not our last. Amen? And that takes you being intentional. You have to be intentional about this. Because sometimes when somebody you know, looks at you and goes, you know what, man, you know, you, you got cancer, you're going to be dead in six months. What do you do? I mean, thank you, Doc. I appreciate that, man. So uh, I'll, I'll get with my family and let them all know that I'm on my last leg. Thank you. Thank you for the heads up. We'll have plenty of picnics and stuff, and I'll go ahead and pick out all my stuff. And oh, yeah, I forgot. I had my helper with me today. Y'all see my helper? Buddy, I appreciate you, man. You all right. I like him. A lot of y'all need some of these. Take it easy. Take it easy. It's going to be all right. Amen. God is telling us not to worry, to be anxious for nothing. What are the signs that you are worrying are beginning to become anxious? I just kind of jotted a few of these down. Like I said, I could have. we could have had pages up here. But you think about it all the time, and then that results in you talking about it. See, sometimes you can be quiet for a little while, but if you ain't dealing with it in prayer... 
It's about to come out your mouth. You're about to start spewing it. And then when you start doing that, the enemy goes, okay, hey, guys. Hey, guys, got a uh, you know, guy that we can wipe out here in about six months. Go get him right now. The demons come a-running. Your mouth lets him know where you're at. That's why your words are powerful. When you start spewing out stuff, guess what? The enemy's going, wow, this is working. <laughs> this is good. Hey, demons, come on, give me some high fives, man. We're working on them. They, they, they're starting to speak it. They're starting to talk about it. So one of the first things is, is you think about it all the time, and then you start speaking it. Then number two is uh, trouble sleeping, which we talked about. Number three, difficult concentrating. You have a hard time focusing. Why? Because of what you're going through, what you're worried about is, is dominating even what you're supposed to be doing on your job or with your kids. Amen? Then you begin to fear. Then you begin to fear. Why do we worry or become anxious? No faith or trust in God, number one. No faith or trust in God. We're putting too much value on things that are not that important. Remember what he said about you know, the, the body and the, and, and the life was more important than the food and the clothes? Okay, We're putting way too much importance on things that really don't matter. He said he would take care of that. But yet we feel like we've got to do them sometimes. So we're putting too much value on things that are not that important. Number three, we're feeding and watering the wrong things. What you feed will grow, what you starve will die. His old cat story. Anybody like cats in here? I'm not, I'm not really a cat lover, but I'm not a cat hater, okay? I mean, I'm, I'm good with them. But how many of you know that when the stray cat comes to your house and you're like, oh, man, I don't want cats. I don't want a cat. I just don't want a cat. But I know you're hungry, so here, here's some cat food. All right. What's going to happen the next day? Meow, meow, meow. Man, I don't want no cats, man. I don't want no cats. Well, guys, you've been out there all night and all day. You're probably hungry. Here's a couple canned food. How many of you know that that what you don't want is now never leaving and it's getting bigger? The same thing with the things you worry about. The more you feed that worry, that what you're worrying about is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. To the point, now you're laying in the floor with a 600 cat that you didn't want. But you kept feeding it. Same thing with worry. If a, if a, if a, if a negative thought, pull up uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5 real quick. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Let's look at this real quick. 2 Corinthians 10.5. What is, what's the word say? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sells itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive, how many thoughts? Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That means when the thought comes to you, okay, you have to ask yourself, is this from God or is this from the devil? And if you check it's from God, you build on it. If you check that it's against you and it's from the enemy, you better cast it down. And make it come in obedience to what Jesus said. Amen? The devil's trying to lie to you. I mean, man, guys, look, if you think about it, you're such a beautiful creation that God made, every single one of you guys in here. So why would God ever come to you and tell you something bad? Never will. Never will. He's going to constantly be talking to you and encouraging you and making you feel like who you are. Special. A child of God. Number four, not casting down thoughts from our spiritual enemy. Jesus told us not to be anxious or worry, so let's not do it anymore. Let's take a stand against worry and anxiety. What if y'all went home today and got y'all some poster board and made up some really nice signs that, you know, I will not worry anymore. And you put them on a stick and you just begin to go out there and protest. I will not worry anymore. You just protest. <clears throat> I'm not going to worry anymore. You can start in your living room, you know what I'm saying? Just kind of walk around. I will not worry anymore. I'm not going to worry anymore. I'm not going to be filled with anxiety. What if we begin to protest things that really can change society? What if we begin to speak against things and command things like that to leave? You lift anxiety. You lift fear. You lift worry off of people. Peace comes in. You have a great society. But we want to attack people head to head. You said this, I'm going to say this. You said this, I'm going to say this. Gets nowhere. It gets nowhere. Hallelujah. Three prescriptions to live a worry-free life. I really got four. 
I got four of them. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. I'll let y'all know next week. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Number one, spend time with God. Pray, meditate on His words, not others' words. That means we're going to spend time with God and we're going to pray and meditate on His word. We're not going to let people's words, phrases, ideas, suggestions run our lives. I don't care how popular they are. I don't care what they've done in the natural. There's nobody on this earth that is God. He trumps everybody. Well, such and such said this. Really? Don't matter. What did God say? Oh, man, you know, I mean, we know that. But this guy really, man, he said this. We need to do this. No, 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 no. If it ain't in here, we don't do it. I don't care who he is or who she is. Don't matter. Amen? We're not going to do it. Number two, these are prescriptions to live a worry-free life. Be thankful and positive all the time. And sometimes you have to do this by faith. Sometimes this ain't easy because you're at a job or you're, you're in a family situation that don't seem to be so positive. You better start speaking what you want, not what you have. Because if anything in your life is ever going to change for the good, you better start changing what comes out of your mouth. That's what will get, begin to get that ship turned around. It'll get that rudder turning and get that, that, that monster going in the direction you want it to go. Your tongue, man, is, is amazing. Life or death. Number three, watch what you see and hear. Watch what you see and hear. So many people say, you know what, man? I can watch this kind of stuff and it don't bother me. That is so stupid. That's stupid, man. What you listen to and what you watch, are you crazy to think that that's not going to affect you? When Jesus said, take heed what you hear, Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Not Nathan. He did. But yet we think we can listen to whatever, watch whatever. Oh, yeah, that don't, that don't affect me. That don't bother me. Excuse me. Let me get away from you. Because <laughs> you're, you're about to hit something, okay? Because the problem is, is if you watch and hear the wrong things long enough, when something comes against you, all you've got is wrong data to try to change wrong situation. Y'all need to hear me when I'm saying this, guys. If all you got is news, all you got is movies and, and, and secular music in you, that's all you got. That's all you partake of all the time. And we give this very little time. When life crumbles, all you can do is look to a song, look to a movie, look to a newscast, look to a talk show. That's all you have to combat a spiritual problem, a spiritual enemy that's going to be laughing at you. Why? Because he is planning your destruction. Are you planning your victory? I'm telling you, man, this is good stuff. But it's one or two that you're either preparing for victory or you're going to experience defeat. And it's nobody's fault but our own. Because you've come to a church that will explain that to you. You need to get with Jesus. And don't make excuses of why you ain't doing it. Don't make reasons. Don't try to figure out, well, you know I mean? It's like people say, well, that's a gray area. There is no gray area to God. He don't ever look at mine and Belinda's situation and goes, man, you don't never need to worry. But man, what y'all are going through, I don't know. That might be, yeah, you might need to worry about that. Never, never, okay? With God, it's truth. With the devil, it's a lie. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Number four is feed and water the words from our Heavenly Father in your life daily. What you feed or water will grow, but what you don't feed or water will die. Let's feed our faith in God and starve our worries and cares. In closing, I want to just real quick go through this, this little story right here because it has something in it that I believe is going to be, be powerful as we close out. But it's 1 Kings 19, and I'm going to read some scriptures. This is about uh, Elijah, okay? You can go ahead and put your stuff up because I'm going to just talk to you for a minute. But Elijah, you have heard of Elijah, right? He was a prophet that he called fire down from heaven, and he actually killed 450, which I think was like 800 and something prophets of Baal that he actually killed. They had a real battle on, a, on I think, Mount Moriah. You know, it was a big battle between, you know, God and, 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 and Baal, and, and then the guys that worshiped Baal, the prophets, got up there, and they cut themselves and did all that stuff, trying to call down Baal, and, you know, Elijah was making fun of them. Well, what's the matter? He busy? Is he gone? Where's he at? You know, your, your man ain't showing up, okay? Well, then those guys got out of the way, and then Elijah calls fire down from heaven, consumes the, the, the uh, uh, 
the sacrifice on the altar and then kills all of them. Miraculous. I mean, come on, dude. What would y'all think if I came down here, man, I just called fire and it just opened up. Whoo! I mean, man, that'd be pretty spectacular, wouldn't it? This guy experienced the supernatural. I mean, big time. But I want you to see what happened to Elijah after that big event. Let's watch what happened. It says in verse 1, When Ahab got home, and that was King Ahab, and he was coming home to tell his wife, it didn't work out. This guy Elijah, he did something to all our prophets. He told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled. He just saw God, man, kill all this stuff. But yet now he's leaving. Hallelujah. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. That's your first mistake right there. He left his you know, comfort over here and was going by himself. Then he went on alone into the wilderness. Never a good thing. Traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. He said, I've had enough, Lord. Have you ever been there? I've had enough. I can't take it anymore. I've had enough, Lord. This is a prophet that is saw the miraculous, guys. He was experiencing anxiety at a level that he wanted to just end it all. And he says that. He said, take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. He's ready to die. Over one lady saying, I'm about to come kill you. Then worry and anxiety overwhelmed him and ran him out of there. And so then he laid down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Even as he was going through this, who was with him? He was helping him. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Do you notice you can't go nowhere? You can't get too far for God to say, Hey, 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 what are you doing? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty. Oh, pity party right here. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Woe is you. Go out and stand before, the mount, uh, before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And Elijah stood there. The Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Gentle whisper. He wasn't in the wind. The Lord was not in it. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. God was not in the earth, wind, and fire. For all you guys in the 70s, hallelujah. But the reality is, is God was not there. God wasn't in the remarkable. He was in the ordinary. God was in the whisper. Belinda, would you come up here for just a minute? I'm going to use her to, to illustrate. Come on up here. I'll get you. I'll carry you, baby. You don't need it. I got to get water. Sometimes we think God is going to move in the miraculous. But just like Elijah, it's the same thing he's going to do with you. Okay? He's going to work in the ordinary. And when you're going through something, like Elijah was going through something, I want you to notice that when you have to whisper to somebody, what's that mean? What is that saying to every single person in here? When you're going through something, whether you feel him or not, God is right there whispering, You're my daughter. You're going to make it. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to help you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to be with you to the ends of the earth. Keep your eyes on me. I'm going to see you through. He's right there whispering. 
Why? Because he's close. God is close. We don't have to be anxious for nothing. God is right there just a breath away. And he's always ready to encourage you. The devil, on the other hand, he's over here. He wants to be as loud as he can. Because if you ever noticed, when it's real loud and crazy, you don't make good decisions. You don't know what to do. You're trying to listen to God, but you can't because of all the loud stuff. The devil likes to be loud and crazy, okay? But you just got to get off to you, just you and let God speak to you because he wants to tell you you're the righteousness of God. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. I'm with you. You're more than a conqueror. You can go over anything. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You're the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. Did I tell you you're healed? You are healed. I sent my son, and he took your sickness. He took your kidney problems. You're healed. You're healed. You're healed. I need to. <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, he's close. God is close. He's so close. Man, y'all go ahead and come on up. Hallelujah. And if you're going to be baptized, you can go ahead and go get changed into your clothes. I am going to say something, but I'm going to let them get ready. I'm going to say something. But guys, I want to give everybody in here an opportunity to really think about it because I believe that everybody in this room, you've been tempted to worry. You may be currently worrying. You, you've had temptations to, to yield to anxiety. Maybe you're in anxiety. Maybe you're in one of the four levels of anxiety, okay? <laughs> But the reality is, is God is close. God loves you, and God is ready to help you. But you know, God can't help those that don't want to help themselves. You've got to want to ask God for help. And then you've got to give Him some time. If you need something changed in your life, you need you know, healing, you need deliverance, you've got to ask Him for the deliverance, and then you've got to work with Him. He's going to do the supernatural. But if you always make excuses, you're never going to get what you ask for. God is here to help you. And what I want to do before anybody gets baptized is, is to say, hey, look, was this word speaking to you today? And if it was, I just want you to raise your hand, put it up, put it down. I see hands up, standing up everywhere, okay? I see that, okay? What I want to do is I want to pray. Connie, why don't you go ahead and come on up here? You, you stepped up so boldly. Hallelujah. We're going to pray with her. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And if you want to come up here, that's fine, but I'm going to say a prayer over everybody, okay? Because I believe we need to tell anxiety and fear and worry to go back to hell where it belongs. Amen? Because it don't belong in the life of a child of God. And if anybody in this room, come on up here, Valencia. If anybody in this room has ever experienced it at any level, y'all know that it's torment. It's torture. And I believe that when we pray, I believe that God comes down and He touches the heart and mind and soul of his kids. And I believe at that point, there is grace released. There's healing released. There's help being released. Now, it's obvious that when you leave here, you may have to change some things because that may be some of the directive he gives you in a prayer. He may speak to you and he may say, Hey, look, Connie, you need to change this. Valencia, you need to change that. We don't need to do that no more. Stay away from that. You know what I'm saying? There may be some of these situations. He, that's a part of him helping you. That's a part of him getting you the answer. Because sometimes we got to remove some of the problems in our life that can hinder the answer getting to us. But he will help us. And one of my favorite prayers that I prayed when I was going through this, and I'm going to pray with you guys, is God, give me grace. Give me grace. I needed grace. I didn't need money. I, didn't need, I needed his grace to help me to be able to get through this situation with her. And it seemed like that was the prayer that worked. So that's the prayer I'm going to pray. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we think we got to get everything right and then he moves. No, guys. He's God. We're not. All he needs is a heart willing, open to receive. So if that's you and you did raise your hand, would you, everybody just stand up. Y'all have been sitting for a while. Let's have all of us stand up. And if you want to come up here and you want us to pray, cool. If not, that's cool too.
okay? But I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for everybody in the room first, and then I'm going to pray for these up here. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you in Jesus' name, and I thank you, Lord, for every single person in this room right now that raised their hand, Father God, that has experienced anxiety at any level. I pray right now in Jesus' name that your grace would flood their hearts, mind, and soul right now. That your ability, that your anointing would flow through them right now, Father God, to remove that anxiety. And I pray, Father God, that they have an ear to hear what you have to say. That their eyes are open, Father God. That they hear and see and know what you want them to do as they walk out the, the, the days ahead. Whether that be cut off some TV, quit watching some programs, quit listening to some music. Whatever the case may be, Father God, I pray right now that their heart and mind is open and that you're giving them grace to be able to walk away from that. In the name of Jesus. Father, I come before you in Jesus' name right now. I lift, I lift up Valencia right now in Jesus' name. And I just pray right now, Father God, that anxiety and worry be gone in the name of Jesus. That she will not fret, she will not worry about her kids. She will not worry about her bills. She won't worry about her food, house. No, Father, you got her. You're going to take care of her. You will never leave her nor forsake her. I thank you, Lord, for working in her life. And I thank you, Lord, that she's free. She's free, Father. That, Father, your victory is being demonstrated in her life right now. I thank you for the grace of God. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father God. I thank you for Caleb, in the name of Jesus. I thank you that no weapon formed against him will prosper. I thank you, Lord, that right now I lay hands on him. And I speak to that anxiety. I speak to that worry, and I command it to leave in Jesus' name. And I pray, Father, your peace would flood his heart, that your grace would abound to him more and more. And that, Father God, he would not fall victim to anxiety. He'll fall victim to victory and faith in Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for touching him right now in Jesus' name. Loving on him right now. That Cody is so special, Father. He's your child. And I pray, Father God, that he walks with you all the days of his life. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for Connie right now in Jesus' name. And I pray, Father God, that no weapon formed against her will prosper. We speak to that anxiety. We speak to worry. We speak to depression. And we command it to leave in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that your grace would abound more and more to God. That your strength and your ability would charge her, Father God. Would encourage her. Would equip her to be able to look the enemy in the face and say, no more. I'm going over. I'm going over. I'm going through this. Hallelujah. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm a child of the King. I thank you, Father God, for holding her hand and walking her through this. Just like you did me. I thank you, Lord, that whatever she's facing, you've got the answer. And I believe that answer is being deposited in her right now. Thank you, Father, for your healing. 